Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of The Clock called Hollywood Heartache. It first aired on April 20th, 1947. Sunrise and sunset, promise and fulfillment, birth and death. The whole drama of life is written in the sands of time. We present a new series of radio programs, The Clock. Family quarrel is not unusual, and I suppose the best of us have them every once in a while. My family is no exception, and once a year we have a battle royal. It all started in 1918 when something called Daylight Saving Time was adopted in New York. My city cousins pushed themselves ahead an hour while the rest of the family throughout the country remained on standard time. Well, progress is no crime, but ambition might be. It all depends. I'm thinking now of young George Finney and his pretty wife, Arlene. Ambition there was mated with greed, and the offspring was a monster. I'm so glad you came. It was awful. Simply awful. I couldn't stand it anymore. Take it easy, lady. Sit down. I should have called the police a long time ago. I don't know why I waited. Yes, I do. I loved him so. I just couldn't believe it, that's all, in spite of everything. What's the story, Mrs. Finney? Well, it started a couple of months ago in Santa Monica. I was a cashier in a barbecue when I first met George. He was tall and clean-cut with a handsome smile. He had a cute line and a fast delivery, and I liked him right away. He was Hollywood, and Hollywood was just where I wanted to be. So you're in pictures, Mr. Finney. You bet. You're not an actor. Actor? Oh, not a chance. I work inside, the production end. Mm, I always wanted to get into pictures, but I never had much luck. Oh, with your shape, you don't need much luck. You think I'm pretty? Oh, a knockout. I don't know. I've seen the best in pictures. Uh, turn your face to the left for a minute. Mm-hmm. Photogenic, just like I thought. Ever try to get into a studio? Once. I got two days' work as an extra in the mob scene. I could have gotten more, I guess. But you have to have a wardrobe, and that costs money. Oh, not when you know the angles. Hey, look, um, when do you knock off from work? Oh, in half an hour. Well, how about driving to the beach? We can have a swim, talk it over. Well, I don't know. I've made it a rule never to date anybody I meet in here. It's not a good policy for a girl like me. <laughs> well, I'm harmless, honey. Besides, you've seen me in here before. But we've never spoken to each other up to now. Well, you've got to begin somewhere. Come on. What do you say? Well, I meet you, Mr. Finney. Out front, half an hour. And, honey... Yeah? Call me George. We went to the beach and had a swim. And he couldn't have been more of a gentleman. He told me in a month or so a new epic was going into production at his studio. And he'd see if he could work me in. So I'm four times that week and five the next. 
Pretty soon it was every day. I knew I was falling, and so did he. I never thought it would happen so fast. Buys like a top, don't you? It's a very nice car, George. Well, it's second hand, but it fills the bill. And it's a nice jalopy for a honeymoon. Are you getting married? Sure. To whom? To you. It's the first I heard about it. Look, Arlena, I'm nuts about you. But, but George, we hardly knew each other. So what? We have to wait till we're 50 to get acquainted? George, stop kidding me. Oh, I'm not kidding, honey. You and I could make a team. I'll be a big shot in pictures one day, and so will you. Oh, come on. How about it, Harley? Oh, gee, I don't know, George. Now, listen, I don't propose to every day my meet. Marriage is a lifelong proposition. It takes a lot of thought. I know. Well, I've done my thinking. i made up my mind. Now, how about you? It's all right with me, George, if it's all right with you. Okay, honey. Where are we going? To Los Angeles to get a license. Some honeymoons last a month or more, but mine only lasted a week. We drove to the Mexican border and drove back home. And it was the happiest seven days I ever spent in all my life. We'll be in L.A. in a half hour. Oh, George, it's been just wonderful. You give him notice in that beanery tomorrow. Oh, do you really think I should? Well, listen, I don't make too much, but we can get along. Besides, you're going into pictures. Oh, but I need clothes. You said I did. And then you mentioned something about a publicity... I'll dig up the dough for everything, baby. Now, you just leave it to me. All right, George. Whatever you say. (sighs) Funny being married. Changes a guy's outlook. Does it? How do you mean? That gives a guy responsibilities. Am I a responsibility? Oh, no, I didn't mean it that (laughs) way. After all, I'm asking you to quit your job and depend on me. What would happen to you if... What if I disappeared? Disappear? Well, what I mean is... Well, suppose I died. Oh, don't say that, George. Come on, look, I'm not getting morbid, honey. Just being practical. When a guy has a family, he has to look out for it. That's why I'm taking the policy. What policy? Life insurance. 50,000 bucks. You'll be a beneficiary. Oh, but that's too much. What do we need all that insurance for? I'm a guy who looks facts in the face. Things can happen to either of us. The premium's more than I can afford, but... Well, I'll manage somehow. Do you think you can take one out for me, George? Uh, a policy? Yeah. With you as beneficiary. Well, I... I don't know. Well, you said before that things could happen to either of us. Yeah. Yeah, you know, honey, that's that's a practical idea. Well, George, if I died, I'd want you to be well off, too. No. Oh. You know what you are, baby? You're a gal to be proud of. <laughs> To tell you the truth, I was going to suggest that we both take out insurance, but, well, I didn't know if you'd approve. Why? Well, what I mean is, well, it's the man in the family who usually gets himself covered. Oh, of course, the premium's very high, and, well, it might be wiser to wait. Oh, no, no, it's bad luck to wait. I I don't believe in it. Now that we've talked about it, let's go ahead. It's the only thing to do. Do you love me, George? Mm, You're crazy. Especially now when you're going to be worth 50,000 bucks. Oh, George. <laughs> so, will I come to think of it? Say, the two of us will be worth more dead than we are alive. A couple of days later, we both took medical examinations. A few days after that, the insurance policies came through. I'd almost forgotten about them by then, until the evening George came home for supper and told me. 
Is that you, George? Yeah. Dinner ready? Almost. Say, I feel like a million. I'm as hungry as a horse. Oh, something good happened today? I'll say. Those policies came through. What policies? Life insurance. Oh. I put them in our safe deposit vault. Remember that. Let's stop talking about those policies. They make me so nervous. Nervous? Why, Arlene? Because it reminds me of dying. I don't want either of us to die. We're too happy. Life's too much fun. Oh, come on. Snap out of it. I'll help you set the table. What's the matter with your jacket? My jacket? One of the pockets is bulging like... Oh, that. Oh, look. George! Where did you get that gun? Now, don't get nervous, lady. It's only a prop. A prop? Yeah, we're shooting a western. Prop man asked me to get this refinished. So too much of a glare into the camera when the lights hit it. Is it real? Well, it could be if it had bullets. Barrels full of blanks. Oh, well, put it away. Guns frighten me. Oh, now, you shouldn't be scared of guns. Haven't you ever handled one? No, and I don't want to. Matter of fact, you know, we ought to have one in the house. Oh, for what? Well, I'm in town all day, and you're out here all alone. You should have protection. I don't want to fool around with any guns. Oh, now, don't be a kid, honey. Here, I'll show you how easy it is to work. Grab the hammer. Oh, no, George. Oh, don't be like that, Arlene. The gun won't hurt you. Look, put it in your hand. Like that, now, uh. just... Holy smoke. There was a bullet in that thing. You all right, honey? I, I think so. It broke that vase. Well, never mind the vase. I'm thinking about you. You were holding that gun near your body when it exploded. You, you sure you weren't hurt? I guess I'd feel it if I was shot. I told you I didn't like guns, George. I... Oh, George, look at the sleeve of my dress. Hey, there's a hole in it. Bullet must have passed right through. Yeah. Yeah, missed you by an inch. Good thing, too. Why, you might have been killed. It was just an accident. At least it looked that way. George put the gun in my hand and his finger and hit the trigger. That was all. I forgot about it for a while. But it came back to me later when I remembered everything else. Gee, what a day. What a day. You only get a day like this in California. Oh, it's fun taking a ride on Sunday. My, it's pretty out this way. Yeah, kind of rustic. You know, I'd like to lie down in the sun and relax and chew a piece of grass. You like grass? Not as a steady diet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. You like to... Oh, what's the matter? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of acting up. Hey. Something wrong with the motor? I'll get out and see. You can get out too, honey. Stretch your legs. Uh -huh. Oh, just smell that air. Mmm, it's delicious. Yeah. Now, wait till I get the engine top up. Oh, it's so nice out here, George. And it's so quiet. Yeah. You know, maybe this is as good a place as any to eat our lunch. I think I found out what's wrong. You did? Yeah, stay where you are, honey. I'm not sure. Wait till I see if the motor starts. Oh, just look at that horizon, George. Isn't it the most beautiful color you ever saw in your life? George! Hey, Arlene! Honey, baby! Oh, baby, are you hurt? I, I just managed to get off the, the road in time. Holy smoke, the car was in gear and I didn't know it. He was standing right in front. Yeah, I, 
I know. Gosh. Oh, my heart was in my throat. How could I be so careless? You, you might have been killed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the second time this week, George, that I might have been killed. Most things in life come slowly over a period of time. Birth is one of these and understanding. Time has a habit of moving leisurely when you're looking forward to something you most desire. But the one thing that can come with the suddenness of a flash of lightning is unexpected death. And Arlene Finney was well aware of that. Twice. Twice in one week. They could have been accidents, sure. That was what worried me, so I wasn't certain. George loved me. I knew he did. I had to believe in him. I just had to. A week went by and everything was swell. He was sweeter than he'd ever been before. There was nothing he wouldn't do to make me happy. And if I had any ugly thoughts, I canceled them out. Mistakes could happen, even two mistakes like that. And I knew it would never happen again. The weather was hot that Thursday when we went to the beach... He drove down in the car and changed into our bathing suits in the locker rooms. And we just lay on the sand and drinking in the sun and just feeling good. George? Yeah? When am I getting that job? What job? Well, you know, in pictures. Soon, maybe, soon. Gotta be patient. I have to see Mr. Zale in the office and I'll pop the question. Who is Mr. Zale? Assistant producer. Oh. It won't be long now, honey. You wait and see. Someone's calling you. Why, it's Mimi. I haven't seen her since I left the barbecue. She used to be a waitress. Arlene. Archie, it's nice to see you. Hello, Mimi. How are you? I'm fine, just fine. Well, have you met my husband? I don't think so. George, meet an old friend, Mimi Taylor. Pleased to meet you. Hello, Mimi. Uh, sit down and talk. We haven't seen each other in over a month. Oh, I know. I'd have called you, only I was busy. I quit the job, you know. Oh, you did? Yeah, I'm working at Lawrence Department Store in L.A. It's a good job. I get to meet a lot of people. How's married life, Arlene? Oh, ask my husband. It's terrific. Oh, oh, he sounds like a booster. Oh, well, I guess it's all right for some people, but not for me. Oh, you'll change your mind when you meet the right man. Not when I read the papers. Oh, what's the papers got to do with it? Well, then you read about that guy who killed his wife. What? Well, he got sore or something. They wasn't married very long. He caught her looking at another man, and he crowned her with a flat iron. Your bathing suit looks nice. Messiest thing you ever heard of. The murder, I mean. The poor kid was only 21, and all she did was smile. This guy was so crazy jealous, he couldn't even see straight. Well, most men aren't like that. Oh, don't you kid yourself. The kind I meet always are. <laughs> you look different. Arlene Shue picked a winner. Say, where did he get them shoulders? <laughs> Looks good in a bathing suit, doesn't he? I'll say. Oh, so do you, Mimi. Oh, stop you kidding. You look good to me. Oh, it's this suit, mister. It's got style. Oh, I, uh, I like the empty spaces. Oh, oh what a man. You ought to put a leash on him, Arlene. He's liable to go on the prowl. It's just George's way of being funny. Well, 
I better get started. I got a date at three with a guy who don't like to be kept waiting. Aren't you even going swimming? Oh, I was in before, but not for long. That water's real fierce. There's an undertow like a suction pump out there. Hmm, it does look kind of rough. We take my tip and you stay away. That current's mean. Well, glad to have made your acquaintance, George. Same here, Mimi. Say, uh, why don't you two drop around to my place one evening for a drink? I can date me up a guy and we can have a little fun. I'll call you, Mimi. Okay, darling. Take it easy. So long. It's, uh, getting warm, isn't it? I don't feel it. How about a dip, huh? You heard what Mimi said about the undertow? Well, we don't have to go out very far. We'll stick close together. You go ahead if you want to. I'll stay here. Say, what's the matter with you? Nothing. Well, you look like you just swallowed a laminate or something. I'm sorry I came here, that's all. Well, why? You didn't have to look at her that way, did you? I didn't have to... Oh, no. I don't see anything to laugh about. You're jealous, baby. I am not. Now, wait a minute. I know we're married, but that doesn't exactly make a chump out of me. I don't like to be told who to look at and who to talk to. No. No. And what's more, as long as you're in such a rotten mood, you can call off all by yourself. I'm going in for a swim. What is it in those few minutes of the marriage ceremony that changes people? Well, I can assure you I have nothing to do with it. I watched him walk down into the water and swim away. With our first quarrel. And I felt terrible about it. When I thought it over, I realized I was in the wrong. And suddenly I wanted desperately to apologize and make up. I jumped up and ran across the beach. I was so anxious to swim to where George was, I guess I hardly noticed the undertow. George! George, wait for me! thought you wanted to stay on the beach. I, I just had to talk to you, George. Oh, wait. Well? What is it? George. George, I'm sorry. Are you? I acted like a fool. Yeah, I'll say you did. Please forgive me. It, it makes me so unhappy when we quarrel. <laughs> Forget it, baby. Everybody makes mistakes. It's so nice out here. Not getting tired, are you? Oh, no, not a bit. Bad water. Like this. Use your hands. It's easier. Oh, I'm doing fine. We're, we're pretty far out, Arlene. Aren't we, though? Gee, I've never swum this far before. You scared? Oh, not with you, honey. Not a soul left on the beach. Everybody's gone home, I guess. Yeah, it's getting late. Yeah. Well, maybe we'd better swim back and get our clothes on. I'm hungry. Oh, wait a minute. Come over here, honey. A little closer. No, you swim pretty good for a woman. Well, to tell you the truth, George, I am getting just a little tired. Hey, put your arms on my shoulders. What for? I'll help you swim back. <laughs> I'm not as tired as all that. I can make it without any trouble. Yeah. Come on, George. Oh, wait. wait. We uh, haven't kissed and met up yet. Oh, what, here? In the water? Oh, it'll be kind of wet, but <laughs> it's an idea. All right. Just, uh... Come a little closer. That's it. Now. George! That's easy. What are you doing? George! No, no, no! Uh, 
grabbed me, pushed me under. I kicked and struggled, but he was too strong. I don't know how long he held me there, but it seemed like a million years. I knew I was finished. I was getting weak. My lungs were bursting. I couldn't stand it any longer. Then when I was just about to breathe and take the water into my lungs, we were hit by a wave. It was a heavy roller, and he lost his grip. It carried me halfway to the beach. With my last ounce of strength, I managed to swim the rest and crawl under the sand. I got onto my knees and looked around. George wasn't there. Suddenly, I started to cry. It was all too much. My head was dizzy, and I couldn't think. I got to my feet like a drunk and started to walk. I guess I didn't know half of what I was doing because I went right to the car without getting my clothes. And found George sitting there waiting. Get in. No. I said get in. My arm, George. I'm... breaking my arm. Don't hurt me. I'll get in. He tried to kill me. Those other times you tried to kill me, too. Shut up. And the money. Insurance money on my life. I should have known. It doesn't matter, George. You'd just as soon be dead as find out what you really Maybe like. you'll get your wish. I don't care, do you hear me? I don't care. Where are you taking me? For a little sightseeing tour. And this time, I'm going to do it right. The next half hour, he didn't say a word. He just kept driving, avoiding traffic, making certain we didn't pass to any towns. It was getting dark now, and the car was climbing. It was taking me up to Hollywood Hills, and I knew why. Get out. What, what are you going to do to me? He said before you didn't care. Change your mind. Don't kill me, George. Please don't kill me. There's a cliff over there. The drop of a thousand feet. You won't know what hits you no. when you hit. No. No, let me go. I don't want to die. Oh, let me go, George. Come on. George, let me go. We're here, baby. Oh, no, now look down. See how high we are? One push, baby. One push. One push. Yes. One push. Oh, no. I got back into the car and called you at the station house when I got home. That was three hours ago. I've been sitting here ever since. We found the body and made a few investigations. It's a good story, Mrs. Finney, but not good enough. You made a couple of mistakes. Mistakes? Your husband didn't want to kill you, baby. You went after him. What are you talking about? You see, he had no motive, but you did. No motive? What about the insurance? We found it in the vault where your husband left it. But there was only one policy. Only one? I don't understand. His policy. For 50,000 bucks, you was beneficiary. That was there okay. I guess he didn't want to tell you about the other one, so you wouldn't worry. See what I mean? No, I don't see. Well, stop grinning at me like an ape. What are you trying to tell me? Everything you've told me is a lie. Now, your husband tried to shoot you with a gun, kill you with the automobile, and drown you. He had no motive, but you did. It was just one policy and a letter from the insurance company. Your husband couldn't have wanted to kill you with the insurance, though. You never got a policy. 
They never gave you one. You were turned down in your medical exam. And that's the story of George and Arlene as recorded by the clock. It's the little mistakes that count. And Arlene Finney ought to know. In her case, however, I doubt if she'll ever get a second chance. The clock will be heard again next week, same time, same station. It's written by Lawrence Clee and Hart McGuire is the voice of the clock. Arlene was Wynne Nelson. George was Leon Pierce. Mimi was Pat Martin and the detective Brian James. The Clock, directed by John Saul, is a Grace Gibson radio production. Like a clock ticking down, this radio program's days were numbered to only two years, from 1946 to 1948. Each episode featured a different cast and characters, but all of the stories dealt with time, usually time running out. A man's past can come back to haunt him at just the wrong turn, or a safecracker needs to open a safe before he suffocates, or a man is on the run for his life. Gene Kirby narrates the show as Father Time, saying such witty things as, In England, they call me Ben, and I have a large and extremely showy flat in Westminster Tower. The show does a good job of creating tension and drama based on its premise of always looking for a ticking time bomb type of storyline. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.